Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where we'll be previewing the Grand National this Saturday at Aintree and I'm joined by the full panel this week of Mark Karofsky, Liz Batchelor, Izzy Phillips and Paul Callahan. It's the first time we've all been together for quite a while and hopefully we can give you some winners this Saturday. But before we get into that, let's see how everyone is. Um, Mark, I'll come to you. How's it going? Um, looking forward to this weekend? Yeah. There's that many of us. would be disappointed if we couldn't get a winner, let's be honest. But yeah, pretty confident. I think we should be fine. You've been studying that? Um, a little bit. Just make sure my boss isn't listening, but I've done a little bit, yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, you, you give us uh, the right information. Um, and Liz, how about you? Seeing you've been having some winners at Aintree on Thursday and you're going up tomorrow. Yes, I've had a pretty good day on the Thursday. Um, up tomorrow, up very early. Uh, see if we can win a few more. Yeah, hopefully uh, we can have a good day on Saturday. And Paul, not had you on the podcast uh, for a little while. How are things going? Things are going very well. Um, busy, busy, but hopefully I'll be freed up a bit more. My last few weeks in college, fourth and final year, down to the last few weeks. So doing that part time as well as working and what have you. So it's all go, but it'll be worth it, I'm sure, in the end. And last but not least, um, Izzy, um, you looking forward to the Grand National on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. I've got the champagne chilling already, banking on a few winners. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, we can uh, give the listeners um, some money to go out and buy some maybe nice Mary de Chande, uh champagne. I know we're looking forward to it at Sandown. Now, before we um, get stuck into the racing, quickly just want to take you to an interview that um, Izzy recorded earlier today with co-owner of Three Stripe Life, um, Kieran Byrne. Three Stripe Life is going to be running in the Betway Mersey Novices Hurdle on Saturday afternoon. And Kieran was able to provide us an insight with his chances and to tell us a little bit about himself. So, Kieran, I'll start off by asking you, what got you into racing? Um, probably gambling. Um, I loved up on horses since I was young. Um, my uncle, my mum's brother, John, I was there like five minutes from Hamilton East Coast. So he took me there when I was very young and then went to high school. I can remember in high school. Um, I used to use my lunch money, so I would get £4 a day. So I'd put three £1 doubles and a £1 treble on my lunch money every day and get my taxi driver to do it. So just for the other, I just went along with horse racing and then it became, it became more than gambling, I mean, it became a fixation. So, so you've got three stripe life running on Saturday. He yeah, was yeah. second to Sir Gerhard in the Ballymore and he was second to Sir Gerhard again at Leopardstown. He's had a little bit of seconditis this season, hasn't he? How confident are you that he could get his head in front on Saturday? I'm very confident. I would actually be disappointed if we didn't win. I he's perfect. He's done everything with last year. I mean, take out Sir Gerard, he could be a double grade one well, you know what I mean? Sir Gerard could be anything like that. Could be a, could be a machine, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I'd be, I'm not here to say, oh, I hope he's home safe. Obviously, I do. But I'm going to win. We're going to win, you know what I mean? And I like to win. And I think we'll win. So he's no worse from the race at Cheltenham then? No, he's bouncing. Perfect. Excellent. Obviously, he's five to two favourite currently for the race. Will you be going to see him? I'm not going to see him. I don't thought I know I was at um, Cheltenham, but I'm not going to see him, unfortunately. 
Well, not yet. Things could change, you never know. But not, not in there anyway. Well, we hope, obviously, from everyone on the pod, we wish you the best of luck and obviously hope that you can get the win. Um, last thing I've got to go through with you is just some quick fire questions. Are you ready? I go ahead. So, Ruby Walsh or Sir AP McCoy? Here we are, so. <laughs> Um, number two, Royal Ascot or Cheltenham Festival? Cheltenham Festival. Um, your favourite ever winner of the Grand National? Mon Mom, because I can remember Marty back to Andrew to one, so. And last question, who's your fancy in the big one on Saturday? I would love to see you run well Fred win it for Gordon and David and the girl that looks after it's actually Secretary Alex. So I'd love to see that win it. But my personal fancy is Noble Yates. Samuel Echoing. I think that's got a chance. I know bought it for us face, and I think he's got to retire on Saturday as well, so I think that could have a good chance for 81. Yeah, two good chances there, absolutely. I say he'll take the one too in the Grand National after a few straight wins, like. Oh, only a small ask, Kieran, yeah. Just uh, the <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, you never know. Stranger things well, have happened. Well, I'll have a couple of quid on it anyway. Well, thank you so much anyway for asking answering our questions. That's no problem, okay. Well, interesting stuff from Kieran there, who sounds quite bullish about the chances of free stripe life. And that is the first race we are going to be looking at. It's a two twenty-five. Betway Mersey Novices Hurdle. It's a grade one. And Mark, you can have first say on this one. Who did you like? Sweet on uh, Colonel Mustard. Um, I just think he ran into another Willie Mullins robot and state man in the county hurdle. I mean, in the form behind Sir Gerard in three straight life solid um, at Leperstown. He's two lives behind Jean Bonnet Ascot. Personally, I think if he stays on his feet, he wins. I'm seeing eight to one, nine to one. I think that's a crack in each way bit. I think he's the value. Colonial Mustard. Interesting. Colonel Mustard it is then for Mark. Um, Liz, you saying off air that you didn't like Free Stripe Life. Uh, who you want to take him on with? Okay. So, yeah, I've gone against Free Stripe Life. I've gone to good risk at all. Um, another step up in class, uh, but he won well last time out at Ascot in February on a class two by nine lengths. Still think he's fairly unexposed. And before before Ascot, he was runner-up on three starts over a shorter distance. He does tend to stay on. And I fancy his chances over a slightly longer trip, two mile four. Uh, Sam Thomas is still having a great season and there's still a 40% strike rate. Uh, so I've gone for good risk at all. Yeah, his, his quality of horse has definitely been better this season. And good risk at all. He seemed to get it all together when he won at Ascot. Obviously, this is a step up, but he's probably going to be better over longer trips in time so two votes against uh the favorite free stripe life uh pool um do we like the favorite or like um liz and mark do you want to take him on i like the favorite i'm a three stripe life who chased home to gerhard his last couple of starts i think connections have found a good opportunity here to, to buy a grade one he's the highest rpr in the race of 158 of the others, I do expect a bit more from North Lodge, who won at Cheltenham back in January. He was second behind Nelson, who reopposes once again when the pair met at Kelso in early March. And with Mark, I do like Mark's Colonel Mustard, who finished six lengths behind Three Stripe Life at the Dublin Racing Festival and has since finished third in the county hurdle last time out. I'm a big fan of trainer of trainer Lorna Fowler's, and she was a top amateur back in the day and, of course, is the sister of, of Mark Bradburn's. 
she's based in County Meath also. So I'd give Colin Mustard a, a bit of a shout out running a big race, but I think Three Stripe Life will have too much. Okay, Paul thinks uh, the favourite will win. And how about you, Izzy? Um, you get the final say on this race. I really like the, the chance of the three stripe life. I think he's got a favourite chance. Like you said, Chris, it's, I think it's his to lose. Um, I'm actually siding with Liz. I'm, I really like good, good risk at all. I think he just missed out on the Cheltenham Festival. They seem quite gutted that he had missed out as well. Um, you know, he was due to go there and didn't quite get in. But the other horse in here, and I think um, she gets the a little bit of mare's weight allowance, is L.A. Bell. Um, obviously been targeted at this meeting by um, the Skelton team. So I just think that could be a little bit well off there. I know we've discussed off air, you know, we don't quite know how the form stands up. Um, but I, I don't think that three-stripe life is going to get it all his own way. He, he could have a little bit of second eyeless. Um There is that chance. I mean, obviously, Sir Gerhard's a fantastic rival when you know, is absolutely fantastic course. But I just I just wonder whether there could be something else that might cause him some trouble on the day. And I'm sort of torn between Good Risk at all and LA Bell at the minute. Mm, interesting. So we so bit of a balance of opinion on the podcast. Some of us are with free strike life, some of them are against us. So yeah, interesting thoughts there from the panel. So that's the first race covered that we are looking at. We're then um going to the next race, which is the three o'clock. Poundland, Maghole, Novices Chasers, Grade One. Edward Stone is at the top of the bet, and he's odds on at four to six. Is he? Is he a good thing? I I can't see him being beaten. I think he's going to walk this. Um, they might be my famous last what last words, but um, so easy at Cheltenham. Um, so impressive. I I really really fancied him for Cheltenham, and he delivered there. I don't have any reason to think that he's not going to deliver, de- deliver to tomorrow uh, on Saturday. So yeah, I'm all in Edward Stone. Not not really even looked at any anything else that I think will come close. To be honest with you. Okay, sounds like he could be one for the multiples. Uh, Paul um, Edward Stone is he pretty much covered him there? Do we think he he's a banker here? Yeah, I think so. A bar disaster or touch wood, unless he has an off day. He's unbeaten in all completed starts over fences. I think the bookies have it. Pretty spot on here. I think, gentlemen, to me, he'll be there to pick up the pieces. I think should Edward Stone have, have an off day, and yeah, he comes. Gentlemen, to me, comes here fresh, having not been seen since the beginning of March. But on all known form to date, Edward Stone is the one they all have to beat. Yeah, I agree with you there. On on basic form, gentlemen, to me, does look like probably the one you might want to take him on with. Um, if Edward Stone does feel the effects of the article, but yeah, it's pretty. Hard to see Edward Stone getting beaten. Uh, Liz, an agreement here? Edward Stone, or do you want to take him on? I do agree. I, I mean, I wasn't before, well, he's one of my ladies of Cheltenham, to be honest. I wasn't that much of a, I didn't really fancy him that much um, at Cheltenham, but he, yeah, he really impressed, didn't he? I just think he's a he's really, really likeable horse. And he, he came, he has run at entry before last year at the festival. Uh, last April, so he's got some course experience as well. Albeit he came third, but um, yeah, I I can't disagree. Okay, three votes for Edward Stone. Mark, are we making it a full house, or are we getting on the Betfair lay button? I think he's, he looks difficult to beat. Um, I think that run at Cheltenham in the Oracle sort of put a lot of doubters 
away. Um, I don't think he got the respect he deserved going into the festival. He's actually hacked up around 11 at four. Um, only defeat. And he's run at Aintree before. He's got coastal distance form. One defeat did come here over an extended trip, but I think he's very difficult to oppose. I mean, if he stays on his feet, he will win. Um, I think this looks a really weak race. He's four to six right now. He could easily go off around four to 11, four to 11 two to five for me. Yeah, I will just give out a shout out. Maybe if you're looking for maybe a without uh, angle, I thought Amarillo Sky was maybe a bit of a bigger price. Finished fifth in the grand annual. We've seen that form work out okay today. Dancing on my own, finished second in one of the big uh, in the in the big two mile handicap. Uh, there, he actually uh, beat uh, Shake Him Up Harry uh, by ten lengths. Who flew home? I just think sometimes the Tizars they do quite well with their runners at this meet, and uh, they had reserve tank. I remember winning uh, a race here at the festival before at big price. Just wouldn't surprise me if maybe he was able to to um, maybe keep up his form and he might be the one to chase home Edwardstone at a big price. But I thought maybe, yeah, if you were looking for some something else at a big price, maybe he, he could be the way to play. But we're all in agreement pretty much. Edwardstone looks the one to beat. Um, and gentlemen, me and maybe Amarillo Sky might fill the, the second spot then. Okay, the next race we're going to look at is the JRL Group Liverpool Hurdle. It's a grade one. Florian Porter um, is your current favourite. He's 7 to 4. We've got Time Hill at 11 to 4. Champ at 7 to 2. Side of the at 10 to 1. Ashdale Bob at 11s. Bigger are the rest. Uh, Paul, you can have first say on this one. I I was talking with Izzy about this earlier, and we were thinking that maybe Florian Porter was actually quite a good price at 7 to 4. Yeah, it's. I think it, the, the first half mile is going to be crucial. Like we thought at the festival that Classical Dream was going to go forward. And he didn't. And Danny Mullins was was pretty much allowed to he was allowed to dictate his own fractions up in front. Like he he had his is he gonna have it all his own way here? I'm not so sure. And that's that's the biggest danger for me. I think if he if he's allowed to dictate, he's a horse to, to be to be keeping that gallop up and still have time to to flute, you know, to attack the lads flute about in front. He's a horse that has a huge, huge engine. Um, go back to the festival. It's a wonder. I know this is it's gone now, but it's a wonder that classical dream have a connection has been so definite that they were dropping out that they didn't stick something in just to go forward with Flora and Porter. Um, if something does go forward, the first half mile is going to tell the story of the race. I think if Flora and Porter is allowed to dictate his own fractions, he wins. If not, it, once again, price accordingly, time Hill will be the one that will be left picking up the pieces. I think. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you there. Maybe one for the forecast. Um, Izzy, I know we were just saying that off air, we quite like the chances of uh, Florian Porter at the prices. Do do you think he's quite a solid option here? Yeah, I think obviously, you know, I personally didn't didn't fancy him at all in the stays at Cheltenham. Um, you know, similar with um, what Liz was saying about Edward Stone, you know, like if, he wasn't respected and I did not respect Florian Porter as much as I should have, to be honest with you. Um, but there's still this little part of me that does just wonder whether Time Hill might just be able to pull it off. Um, I think, you know, if Florian Porter does have an off moment, it will be, as Paul said, Time Hill there to pick up the pieces. So I think I might be doing something like a cheeky little reverse forecast or something like that. Okay, so we're finding it hard to see outside the first two. Uh, Liz, are you kind of following the same pattern with us here? No, I've gone for the third down. I think I've gone with Champ. Um, I think Floor, yeah, Floor and Porter, I, I noticed when, when he won uh, the status hurdle last year, he then came back out not soon after. 
and he, he didn't do anything. And I wonder if that's, I wonder if it's taken it out of him. Um, so I've got, I've gone for Champ. Uh, he won here at Aintree in 2019, and he and he did beat Time Hill only back in December at Ascot. Um, and I think a flatter track will suit him better. Um, he 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 always seems to skip his hurdles well. And uh, John Joe Junior, John Joe O'Neill Junior uh, gets the ride again, um, and he's he's got quite a good strike rate as well. Uh, so I've gone for I've gone for Champ in this one. Yeah, well, he won his three-mile novice hurdle here uh, a few seasons ago, so we know he can handle handle the track. He's been running okay over hurdles, and he wasn't totally disgraced last time out. So, yeah, if you fancied him, I wouldn't put you off. Um, how about you, though, Mark? You get the final say here. Who did you like in this one? I basically agree with what everyone's saying here, initially with Paul. Um, I couldn't believe that he gave Danny Mullins an uncontested lead. Um, I'm absolutely couldn't believe it. Um, I wanted to take him on beforehand and I was going there with the assumption that Classical Dream or something else would spoil it for Florian Borg. He knew what he was going to do and he, he got an uncontested lead all the way to basically the last hurdle. It was incredible. Um, it was not so, wasn't it? It was absolutely bizarre. It absolutely brain dead rights in the height. Like, I couldn't believe it. But Willie had Gordon, Nicky, they all had something to spoil it for him. Never done it. Um, this looks like a weaker race. Good point by Liz there. I mean, he did bomb out at Punchestown after winning two years ago um, behind Classical Dream pulled up. Could he do it again? I'm not so sure. I think 7-4 is a fair price. It's probably, I mean, it's probably a race that I'll probably bet in running. So if he gets an uncontested lead, he's probably going to be a two-zone chance. But if, he get, if there's a spoiler in there, something takes him on, he'll probably get beat. So I'll probably wait to see what happens um, to maybe halfway around, and then I'll maybe play in the race. I just, I just think if they give him an uncontested lead, he'll win. I, I wouldn't lay him at that price because if you lay him at seven to four and he gets an uncontested lead, you've got egg in your face because he's going to win, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. It, I think I think you'll know your fate early on, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Well, I will say today, not too many horses that went from the front on the hurdles track were staying there at the end. So who knows? But maybe if the ground does dry out, it might it might start favouring front runners. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see how the the track rides. So maybe that's something you need to to keep in mind. So a few votes then for. Um, Florian Porter. Liz was quite keen on the on the chances of Champ um, bouncing back to form, and uh, Mark would rather bet in running and see how the race unfolds. So that's our thoughts then on the three thirty five. We then go to the the race before the Grand National, which is uh, the Betway Handicap Chasers Grade Three contest, and Sham Blue appears to be all the rage at the top of the bet, and he's nine to four. He looks to be quite well handicapped on his form. You have to say one four eight, um, definitely probably the graded horse in 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 this uh, handicap. We then got Oscar Elite at thirteen to two, Cap Denord fifteen to two, T Clipper eight to one, Espoir de Rome at twelves, Commodore twelves, Killer Kane twelves, and bigger are the rest. Uh, Liz, I'll come to you here first. Um, obviously, I say Chamblu looks like he's all the rage, but I thought there are a few in here you might want to take him on with. Did you find anything, or are you quite keen on the chances? I think so. I've gone with um, Captain Ord. So Christian Williams obviously have a, a quite a good season with some of his uh, chases, uh, including we all saw the one-two in last week's Scottish National. Um, the, this horse beat Kitty's Light at Kempton last time out in February by two, two and three-quarter lengths, albeit obviously there's a bit of a weight fall, but I still think he's he's fairly low in the weights. Um, it's my only real concern with sometimes is that he's a bit of a sketch jumper. Um, but otherwise, I, I think he'll do well. 
yeah, I think um, he's definitely a horse you might want to keep on side. Could still maybe have a bit more to come off his mark. And yeah, definitely an interesting contender. Uh, Mark, who did you like in this one? I guess you want to take on the favourite. I had a look at the, the race before I saw the prices and I actually did notice that obviously Sham Blue is stepping back to handicap company. I think he's a bit shorter in 9-4 though. Um, could be dangerous off of 148. Um, but one I did like, quite a big price. I think he's overpriced Empire Steel for a Sandy Thompson, which is progressive. Um, I think he can be competitive. He's off 147 here. I think he ran into Porterman last time at Kel, uh, Kelso. I, I think this horse probably got another five, six pound um, up his sleeve. Absolutely hacked up behind Clan Legend, and it's went on four to one, and the Haydock behind Royal Pagal as well. So this horse highly fought off twenty to one. Um, I think it was a decent each way bet. Okay, interesting there from Mark. How about you, Izzy? Did you have a strong fancy in here? Yeah, so I really like Sham Blue um, for the Ryanair, and to be honest, I was, I was just wrong. I don't think he really um, enjoyed perhaps the step back in trip. Um, I still keep going back to that Weatherby race um, and how easy he looked to have it um, sewn up. I mean, obviously, the mantra is you've got to jump. Um, so I just think maybe back at three mile two, this looks more up his street. Um, I do agree with Mark, though, a little bit short. Um, and I've looked at myself, Empire Steel. Um, I think he's got, you know, some pretty good form um, of, of late, both at Kelso um and one on heavy so you just sort of wonder does he potentially prefer it a little with a little bit more cut in the ground um and then exactly the same as liz um i'm on the question williams bandwagon right now um those staying chases look really good and that's fantastic form with kitty's light at kempton in february um i really like captain ord Okay, a bit of Christian Williams love here. Um, how about you though, Paul? Um, did did you like anything in this race? Well, as you know, I'm a big Tom Lacey fan, and he has two here, but I haven't tipped the Tom Lacey horse like this season yet over jumps. But incredibly, he's two in the race, and I'm looking elsewhere. I'm looking to Team Tizard and Brendan Powell with Killer Kane, who is only having a six start over fences. He won his last two at Kempton. And I thought last time out he looked like a horse that was still learning on the job at Sandown. He does lack the big race, big field experience. You know, it's going to be a lot of hustle and bustle here over fences, but I'm going to take a chance on potential. And Killer Kane is a handy way to 10 stone two. Could be well in here, running off a handicap mark of 131. Yeah, his form from Kempton actually worked out quite well. Velshida, certainly read an onchen of all to come out and one since. So, yeah, Killer uh, Kane is definitely one to maybe put on the shortlist. I actually quite like the Tizard's other runner, Oscar Elite. Well, that was a cracking run in the Ultima. Um, I thought that was some of the best form on offer. Um, I think he's still potentially well handicapped off a mark of 140. He finished third here uh, in the Grade One Novice Hurdle behind Ahoy Senor Brave Man's game. That's pretty decent form. I thought he was, uh, even though he is the second favourite, 13. So I thought there was a bit of juice there in his price. And I think he, he'll be really hard to knock out of the frame. So, yeah, we've all um, got different opinions there. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But, yeah, hopefully we've at least uh, found you the winner. Probably not. Probably something else we've not covered. But, yeah, uh, hopefully um, we've given you the winner there at a nice price. Okay, so it's the last race we're going to look at, the big one, the Randox Health Grand National Grade 3 Handicap over the famous four miles, two furlongs. And this looks very, very tricky, as it always is. But I just thought this year's 
was particularly tricky. Um, Snow Leopardess seems to have been all the rage. She's just uh, vying for favoritism. Manella Times has been well supported. He's definitely been the move today. Nine to one in places along with Delta Work. You then got any second now. Who's ten to one? Ascara ten at twelves. Enjoyed Delena fourteens. Eclairs at fourteens. Longhouse Pert sixteens. Fiddler on the row sixteens. Um, bigger are the rest. Um, Paul, we'll come to you here first. Um, obviously, we know from your time as a jockey, you've said about it before. Um, you've got experience over the fences when you were a, a jockey. Um, who did you like in the national, and, and what kind of test does it present for a horse and rider? The horse I'm going with. I think. I think we saw today again. Course form is is crucial. You know, horses that have been around there are naturally, they're quicker over the fences, they're quicker around the canal turn. It's just them small percentages that might just make the difference at the end of it. I've gone with Snow Leopardess, who's seen, it's an incredible story. Like, she's had, she's had a leg, she's been off with a tendon injury, she's had a foal, she's a winner over the fences. She would just be an incredible story. I don't think she's going to shorten anymore. She seemed to come in for significant market support in the, earlier on in the week. I don't think she was short and much more, but I do think she'll be popular. She's great. She's a mayor. I think she'll be very popular with kind of, you know, the, the once a year gamblers and whatnot. Um, you know, she loves the course. Her chances are going to be greatly increased with, with rain. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to come, but it should be at as fast as I'd imagine. It's going to be just good to soft. Of the others, I would love to see Freewheel and Dylan win or at least one, run a big race for Dermot McLaughlin. He's a winner of the Irish Grand National, loves to bowl the long in front. Dermot McLaughlin had a placed runner. In, I think he's only had one runner in the Grand National, I think, but he definitely had a had a runner a couple of years back at a big price, but 100 to 1 finished place, ran an absolute cracker in the race. Dermot McLaughlin does very, very well with Damien, provided with the horses he has. His father, his late father, Liam, was the first man ever to win an Arco back in the day so he's, he'd be pretty local to where I'm based so I'd love to see Freewheel and Dylan run a big race and I've got to give a mention to, to Henry Daly's Fortescue from the family I rode in a cord who'd be from the same family to, to run in a, a Rendlestown chase at Ascot back in the day but Fortescue himself was a good winner at Ascot last time out again another horse that would be greatly increased with the with, if, if rain did arrive but um, I'd love to see him run a big race for, for Team Daly as well yeah, he's a horse that hasn't he's been on a real um progression over the last twelve months or so and it's yet to know where his limitations lie. Like you say, one well at Ascot last day. I, I think Portsky is definitely an interesting horse and he's on the short list for those that we still um don't know their full um potential. So yeah, Portescue, keep an eye on him uh, for Henry Daly. Um Izzy, uh you can have a next dibs on this one. I know we were saying off air you and me quite like chances, maybe cloth cap. Obviously, um, we both quite like him, but who else did you like in the race? Um, well, currently on my shortlist. <laughs> it's all 40 runners. I've got, um, I've got Snow Leopardess because I have just bought into the whole story and I just think she's such a fantastic jumper. Um, I really like 13-year-old Black Lion. Um, you know, as Paul said, it's knowing that course and I think that you know, he loves it around that Aintree and I think that he's a great each way play. I think he'll just pop around nice and quietly um, and I, I can see him getting home in the places. So I'm quite keen on his chances. Um, and I really like any second now as well. I think obviously if you look at 
um, his run last year is quite unlucky, um, comes here again in good form. Um, so I think, yeah, that they're, they're the ones currently. And obviously, I like we said, quite like the chances of Cloth Cat. I think if I had to pick one of them, I know she needs the rain, but my heart is with Snow Leopardess. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I, I think she's the one that I, I can't see her finishing outside the first three or four if she gets a clear round. Um, yeah, I, I think I think she's definitely going to be there or thereabouts, but there just could be maybe one or two others that might be maybe better handicaps and maybe take to the fences a little bit better than her. But she's def definitely an admirable mare. How about you, though, Liz? Have you got a decent shortlist for us? Yeah, I've gone for a 33 to 1 shot in terms of who I think will have a good chance, and that's Discarama. Um, came seventh in the race last year. When I was when I was looking through, I, I noticed that well, in the in the last thirty run-ins of the race, um, nine of them have been nine-year-olds. So I tr I tried to put some method into the madness of choosing a national winner. Um, and there are 12 runners in this year's um, national that are nine. Um, so that narrowed it down to me. So I picked out Discarama. Yes, he's nine. He's lightly, lightly raced. Um, he's only had two runs since last year's national where he finished seventh. And he was a good second at Ferry House in February. Um, Paul Nolan has said that he ran well last year in this race without a prep run. Um, but he's in a better place this year, having had that prep run in February. Um, and he also said that um, the, the horse has had a couple of wind dots, which seem to be successful this time. He jumps well, and I think that he could he could run a big race. Uh, the only thing that puts me off Snow Leopardess is is the fact that she is a mare. Um, a mare hasn't won this since 1951. Um, but maybe times will change. Um, but yeah, I've gone for Discarama for the win. Yeah, Discarama, I, my, I, I did look at him earlier. He, he's definitely been a horse that's turned up in a lot of these kind of big staying handicap races. He's run well at Cheltenham in the past. He had that famous finish with Lebroy, um a couple of years ago. He, he's finished third in an Ultima, you know, so he, he definitely is kept more than capable. And Paul Nolan as well is a very uh, good trainer with the with his string, with the, hat, the horses that pass through his hand. So, yeah, Discarama, if you fancy him at a price... Yeah, I wouldn't put you off. Um, how about you, Mark? Um, did you have a strong fancy for the national? Or are you going to copy us? I don't do that sort of stuff. I've got a shortlist, not a fucking scroll. But I've got three. So you just picked the okay? favourite, really? Nah, Paul, that's your game. I don't. I don't. I'm not coming into your territory, okay? But I've got. I've got three, okay? I've got three. I've got one which I've heard that uh, is the best of GPs. Is Enjoy Darlene? That would be the shortest price runner. I think it's about fourteens. Kieran Murphy, Connor Hart, I like that one. And uh, two old rogues, they've been called worse things. You know what? You know what's coming here, don't you? The back. Got to back Santini. Got to back him. Yes. I backed him in the Gold Cup at 80s. He was travelling well. Like, honestly, if he won here and I didn't back him, I'd just give up the game. It's a big price, about 40 poke. You know, he's an old boat and you could just see him running on. He's a big price. I think he, I think he, ran, he ran well in the, in the Gold Cup. It just went... When he really stepped it up, he got found out. It's think with the step up and trip, this will be in his favour. And he's only off one five three here. I think he'd be competitive here. The old boat, Santini, and another old rogue, Sam Crow, eighty to one. You can see worse eighty to one shots than Sam Crow. Sean Bowen takes a ride, which is positive. I think he'll stay as well. But 
I think Santini will outrun his odds. I think they'll both run on for a place minimum. Yeah, I'd love to see Santini run a good race. I think you're right about him being a mark of 153. I think I think this has probably been the plan for him all season. I know they were really pleased with his run first time out. He desperately needed it. Second yeah. wasn't bad behind Chantry House. Yeah, he just got outclassed in the Gold Cup. He's he's won at the track before, you know. So he, and he's not a bad jumper as well. I don't think he's actually... Two, ever... run, two runs at entry, one win in a second. Yeah, yeah. He's you'd good... imagine... You'd imagine, sorry, you'd, you'd imagine he'd either love the fences or hate them. There's going to be no in-between. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want him to be, I, th- I think he was ridden prominently last time. Nick Schofield gave him a good ride. And he just got outpaced and outclassed. You know, I'd like to see him being ridden prominently. Get over a few, get into a rhythm, stretch them, and win, win comfortably. That's what we want, isn't oh, it? Oh, Mark, you've always <laughs> said he wants about five miles. <laughs> maybe another six miles I actually said ten miles but we'll try four four and a half on Saturday see if you can get round yeah exactly well I'll, I'll certainly be having a saver on Santini but yeah hopefully we've given you at least a horse that might finish in the first six or seven depending on how many places are being offered but yeah it looks like it's a hard um, renewal to, to work out this year but hopefully we've pointed you in the right direction so yeah that's it for uh this week's episode in our grand national special thanks to all the team for coming on this week hopefully we've given you some winners if uh, you want to follow us on the old socials we're on twitter at in the saddle pod also as well you can find us on instagram where we're at in saddle global so thanks again uh, for the team for coming on hopefully we found you some winners please gamble responsibly and uh, we'll be seeing you again soon 